0: Welcome to the I Know a Thing podcast. Hi, Sherry. Welcome back.
1: I'm glad to be here again. Lots to talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely. So last time we talked about navigating teen girl drama and the kind of explosion of mental health issues amongst teens. And at the end, we talked about how The way you put it, I think, was it's okay not to be okay, but it's also okay to be okay. And how, um, and how you know, certain TV shows and just certain trends are romanticizing mental illness, and you get this sort of copycat effect. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes, there's lots of pieces to this puzzle. Um, So there's a lot to be said about kids kind of supporting each other through mental health difficulties, and I love that we're seeing that. What we're also seeing online is that kids are reaching out for support and for connection, especially during the pandemic. People were looking for a tribe, you know, amidst the disruption of their social lives. So what we're seeing is this idea that it's almost, it's not okay to be okay. And I've heard this from groups of of girls where they kind of go and check in with each other, which I love, it's great. They're able to talk about these things, but when you get to the person who's okay and they're not struggling, That person doesn't want to say that. They feel like they have to come up with something that's going wrong. And so one of the things that I've heard happen several times where the girls actually end up getting in some trouble for it, they make something up whether it's they were um, sexually assaulted, or that they were diagnosed with depression, or that they went to the ER for a suicide attempt. So they're trying to make themselves relevant in the world of romanticized mental health issues. So that's just such a, a thing that we need to say like, yes, let's talk about this, support each other, but it's also okay if you're just okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that gets really scary. Um, So when you talk about like girls making something up and you said that can get them into trouble, like, I mean, are they getting in trouble in
1: school or it's just that like their friends find out that it was a lie and they lose friends? Like,
0: how Mm -hmm. does that
1: work? Well, it depends on the situation, of course, but sometimes if it's at school, it becomes a really big issue. So a girl says something um, assaulted or you know, suicide ideation. So the counselor comes into play and then ends up being like, oh, this girl exaggerated, she's trying to get attention and we're going to give her either a suspension or something like that which i i don't agree with but um you know it's based on the fact that she lied and to me we don't need to punish that we need to figure out what's going on here like what support does she need because in that moment even though she doesn't have that mental health issue that she's talking about there's insecurities and something going on that she needs support around
2: yeah true and you mentioned this is new so like where when do you feel like this became more of a thing cuz i'm sure it's always kind of happened you know a little bit but like what 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 happened do you think that made it just become more yeah.
1: spread well i mean there's the great shift in society right now where we do talk about mental health all the time it's coming you know at school they talk about it now the kids are talking about it parents were talking about it we're aware of that we need to be um on top of these things But somewhere along the line, I don't know where it was, the shift became where it was abnormal to be just okay. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I think is potentially a part of it is not necessarily social media, but the 24 seven news cycle of teens, right? That there's the texting, there's Snapchat, there's the constant flow of information. So when someone is in a group chat, for instance, and they're going through issues, what happens is the people in that group love bomb that person right all of a sudden everybody's talking to that person concerned about them they're relevant now and so that love bombing is like oh gosh everybody's giving me support so i want to be like that and so the next person in the group, well i'm also feeling depressed also feeling anxious when i talk to girls about this it's a very um interesting dynamic because one person will admit they're feeling depressed, another person chimes in, and then sometimes people will question the second person's um, depression or the third person or the fourth person. So there's this, well, she just wants attention. Is she really feeling like that? So I, it's a very strange dynamic that's going on. But I would say the constant flow of information that people are easily finding out about a diagnosis or a difficulty, that it became a way to get attention.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I
1: just watched,
2: um, or no, it was a podcast. I listened to a podcast. Of, it called Scamanda. Have you seen that one? The, I haven't. Oh, it's um, a lady who pretended to have cancer for like eight years, and mm-hmm. she like yeah got a ton of attention. But I think she did it financially too, like GoFundmes and things like that. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And I want to say, uh, I want to make sure that nobody thinks I'm saying that these girls or boys are faking diagnoses. Um, There are a few of those. Right. What I am saying is that when it becomes part of their world and all of a sudden that becomes their identity and then all, all of it is about that, all of their conversations, their relationship with their parents, with their teachers, with school, all of it then becomes, you know, around this new diagnosis that they have. I see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, so that brings us to the diagnosis identity we were, we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, sort of feel like we found, we, when we talked to some teachers, they were saying it's like sort of a get out of jail free card to some degree. Like I've got this mental thing and what, you know, what's the teacher going to say? They can't say, well, no, I don't believe you. Yeah. I mean, right? nothing they can come back with. Um, and it puts them in an awkward spot. Um, because, they can't really question it. But at the same time, it's like, well, you're not really doing anything, you're not mm-hmm. getting work done. Um, and there's just like sort of no repercussions.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think when somebody is going through a deep depression or tons of anxiety, we have to give them some accommodations, but mm-hmm. what we shouldn't be doing is saying, because you are so anxious or you're um, so depressed, I do not expect you to be able to do anything we are giving them the idea that now you are completely incapable of doing chores of doing homework of going to school so it is like you said it's this past like here because you have this diagnosis now don't worry you don't need to do anything and as parents i get it like when our kids are depressed or they're feeling you know that the suicidal ideation it's so scary we want to just protect them we want to wrap them up in bubble wrap and say Don't worry, honey, I got you. I don't expect you to do anything. I'm going to take care of you. We can do all of that and continue to have some expectations. They might need to be modified. They might need to do less homework. They might need to do fewer chores or have more time, but we can't just say, don't worry. You don't need to do anything because then all of a sudden their identity becomes I am broken. I'm incapable. I am." fatigued i'm weak i i can't um, deal with uncomfortable emotions um, and i know this because that's what my parents are telling me the teachers are telling me the schools telling me my therapist my you know you name it um, and we don't want them to feel like that we want them to tap into their strength and so that's important if they get a diagnosis that they aren't stuck in. that's who they are At one if if anybody speaks spanish you'll know when you talk about is like the word is there's two forms one is temporary and one is permanent. Mm-hmm. And in Spanish, feelings are a temporary is, not permanent. We don't have that distinction in English, but we really should because if you're saying I am anxious, why don't we say right now I'm feeling anxious
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I am depressed versus I am feeling sad or I'm feeling depressed right now. It's, it means like right now, like in this moment versus this is just who I am.
0: Yeah, no, totally. That makes sense. And I also feel like, I mean, with a lot of the issues that we're going to talk about today, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I guess, downward pressure from like even the schools where they introduced the social emotional learning, the SEL, which well intentioned, of course, but they end up, you know, from the feedback I've gotten, they harp and harp and harp on mental illness and, you know, how are you feeling and this, that, and the other, and I almost wonder if it didn't sort of backfire a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't speak to that directly. I mean, I love that we have SEL in the classrooms, but it is kind of like with the diagnosis, what do we do with it after that? And when they're talking about social emotional learning are we emphasizing the positive the joy the happiness the you know all of that side of it or is it just oh is there something wrong because emotions are everything it's not just the negative right yeah exactly yeah um so we also talked a little
0: bit about the whole child focused society like tell us what your thoughts are on that
1: yeah i mean if we think back to our childhoods um you know our parents were around they took care of us here and there right it wasn't like now and um if we were interested in college, we went to college, but it was just very different of how children were seen in society. And mm-hmm. right now there's such a focus on our kids and there it's lovely that we do this, but it's also a lot of pressure. I mean, I talk to a lot of teens and they feel so much pressure to be the perfect kid, to be the high achieving kid, to do everything that they possibly can do um, every sport every you know tutoring session get a's in every class and it's all kind of come from college and it used to be some people would go to college but now we tried to say everybody needs to have the opportunity to go to college but in saying that we said every child needs to go to college and um, it's just so centered on let's get them into the best college possible which then becomes very child-centered. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's also interesting too. I always felt like with this whole college push where everyone should go to college, I'm like, who is going to work in the trades? I mean, some people just, you know, they're. I mean, it's pushing them into something that they're not going to be successful in that they would have been extremely, Mm -hmm. I mean, like think about like, I should have been a plumber for goodness sakes. Like they make tons of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of trades, you know, electric yeah Yeah. And you can make plenty of money doing that too. Like, yeah,
1: tons of it. Yeah. yeah. And be satisfied with your job, right? Some people love that hands on, like having a job started and finished. And, you know, all of those jobs, there's like a lot of vacancies. And that's mm-hmm. why, you know, they charge so much. But yeah, we need to figure out what our kids are passionate about. And they don't always have to go to college for that. But you know that's like the, the main ideal that everybody's kind of pushing the kids towards, but then that comes to the parents. Like, okay, now to get them to that point, I need to totally focus on them for every single thing they do. And it's almost like moms are getting the brunt of this, that moms take a back seat and just put everything into their kids. And that creates a child contingent self-esteem. So the mom's self esteem is tied into how much is my child succeeding. Um, mm-hmm. So when mental health comes into the mix for that, you can imagine the parents then are second guessing: Am I a bad parent? Am I doing things wrong? And then there's a complete loss of kind of identity almost for the mom and the child in those moments. Mm-hmm.
0: And it used to sort of be like: I mean, we we just got back from our twenty fifth reunion, um, college reunion. Tyler and I and. Um, You know, we brought the kids so they could see Washington, D.C., and they could see where we met and all that. And we ended up going to an admissions meeting just so they could get a sense for what, you know, what are they looking for? I mean, it's a little early for our kids, but um, at the same time, what are they looking for? And the thing that was so frustrating to me is that even if they meet the expectations that the colleges say that they need to meet, they still probably only have a 10% chance of getting in. Like, they could do all this stuff you know, be at the very top of their class, do all sorts of other things, you know, and still get rejected. Mm-hmm. And it, that's really hard for, as a parent to say, like, well, here's all the things you need to do. And then at the end of it, you may not, you still might not get in, you know, yeah, right. um, and so- I've heard this over and over from other, other parents, you know, people I've worked with at Microsoft and they just said there is no rhyme or reason sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Brings us back to the idea of of mental health right that um, part of mental health is being appreciative and mindful and present of where you are in life. So with so many kids starting younger and younger now they're looking at college as the ultimate goal so they'll put a lot of things to the side parents, we do too, to attain that goal and like you said it's kind of a crapshoot so it's important not to say okay i need to do all of these things to get into college but to say i want to do all of these things because i am enjoying it i'm excited about it school's another thing you got to do it whether you're excited or not but as far as you know all the extracurriculars like are they in things that light up their soul or do they feel like oh i can't quit because it won't look good on my college job application because if they're sitting in an activity that they feel obligated for the application they're missing out on something else they could be exploring cuz we only have so many minutes in the day
0: yeah so it's like almost like reframing in some ways yeah. why they're doing what they're doing and if they're not doing what they want to do then don't you know don't don't keep doing it
1: exactly yeah and you know i know from my own kids their friends some of them quit everything because they're like okay i'm gonna get into stanford harvard whatever name it um so i'm not gonna do all those things that i want to do i'm gonna focus on these things and guess what they didn't get in and so when they got to college you know the college they finally quote settled on they were like why did i give up all of those things i didn't get in anyway Yeah, You you can't there's no guarantee for any college now. And so why give up the things you love because of that possible um, acceptance? Yeah, yeah. And the, that pressure, in my
2: experience, it doesn't, I mean, it comes from everywhere. Because like, yeah. when we went through the adoption process the first time to adopt our oldest daughter, the, the, the agency we were working with, because, you know, it, it's just, they did a lot of like, you know, special needs adoptions and things like that. One of the points they tried to make was like, how will you feel if this kid doesn't want to, or end up going to college? And my dad, you know, growing up, it was, he was like, you're going to college. Like Mm -hmm. that's it. And so, you know, we were kind of, had to think about it a long time ago where we're like, well, it's fine. Like they'll figure something out. So we haven't pushed college and they're younger. I mean, our oldest are in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of one of those things. Like you can go, if you want to go, we'll support you. If you want to do something else, we'll support that. But my oldest is not is still just obsessed with getting into a college and he's like got his whole high school plan. And I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if it's like friends or, or teachers or what, but I'm like, well, no matter what, I guess
1: like yeah, you'll yeah. Have the ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so hard, hard to hard to do. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of teens and families where the parents are like, it's not coming from me. I don't know where it's coming from. I'm telling them they don't have to be perfect and they want that 4.0 and all these things. Um, you're right. It's coming from all over. It's coming from peers, actually. They mm-hmm. compare all the time they feel like they're competing with everybody in their class. The teachers talk about it. The counselors talk about it. it it's really everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. But, so what, but I mean, do you have any sense of like what has changed like why is it is it the area that we live in is it all over that this is happening i mean i I sense it's all over from talking to my friends across the country like Mm -hmm. they're all dealing with the same thing um but like where is this coming from this you know necessity to have to go to college
1: well, I can't remember when it was. I feel like it was maybe the '80s, perhaps, where all of the school systems went to um, kids need to go to college. It might have been under George Bush, "No Child Left Behind." Oh, wow. so, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so the concept was fantastic, um, but overall, that translated to "No Child Left Behind." Every child needs to go to college, and it's just it's not the case. It's it wasn't meant to be like that, you know there's other ways to be successful and to have a job, to have a career. Yeah. Hmm. So switching gears a little bit. Um, the other thing
0: that I wanted to get your opinion on is um, this, I've been hearing a lot from like, you know, middle school girls, you know, friends of my daughter, friends, of my son, that they are being kind of like coerced into labeling themselves. Not, mm-hmm. and so not so much as like a mental illness, but like you know like um like a gender identity or a sexual identity or a preference and i find that so bizarre that this is happening in middle school um i mean that's just not something we yeah. ever ever it's, dealt it's with from it's from other students it's, like i get yeah. i guess i mean what is your opinion like where is that coming from and why has that become such a hot button it,
1: and it's actually earlier than middle school i will tell you wow. it's the okay. starting yeah and it came from the idea that we want to—it's the DEI movement, which again is fantastic—that um, we want to be more inclusive. But what we've done instead is said, "You need to figure this label out," and it's at an earlier and earlier age. So the way they're trying to be inclusive is even some um, some elementary schools will say, you know, when they're checking into their classroom for the year, like, "What is your gender?" And as you can imagine, for somebody who's very young, they're like, well, what do you mean, and then you say, well, you can choose, then there's a whole lot of existential thinking that goes along with that. Um, So it can be very confusing and then here comes sexuality, where they want to know all of those labels too. they don't put that on the forms in most schools, but there are discussions around it in some classrooms. And as, as you mentioned, like it's definitely a peer to peer discussion and there's a lot of pressure. What is your label? And it goes back to also the being the mainstream um, cisgender sometimes as looked upon as like, oh, well, that's not, you're, you're not in this group anymore. Um, you know, you need to do something else to make yourself unique and, and all of that. So there's a lot of confusion around it. I love that it, the acceptance is there. I don't like that the pressure to decide at such a young age is there because um, they just don't need to label themselves. As they're figuring that out, that's there in the psychological um, um, spectrum of what they're doing right now, it's figuring out their identity. And when we're saying you need to know now, it's like saying you need to know what your career is gonna be. You need to know what, what you like the most what classes do you like the most make all these decisions now it's just not possible, so they need to be given the um, space to figure that out and be okay if they don't know their labels yet.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah we, we've had that discussion too with um, one of our kids in particular who's you know dated girls and dated boys and they're like I don't know I don't know like what and I am or like am I bi am I and it's like doesn't matter like just date who you're interested in in the moment and then you can yeah. figure that out later and you never even have to figure it out like yeah. if you
1: want to date yeah
2: girls, like you do you you don't have to yeah. it doesn't have to be called anything and I think that took like tons of pressure off of her because she like kept trying to just like decide what she was and it's like you're just you <laughs> and like, exactly, yeah. didn't somebody then talk to that person or whatever. And I think it's just that, yeah, just that permission to just do you, you do you and you never even have to figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's great to follow that up with giving them the language when their peers do ask. So if they say, what, what's your labels, you can, they can say, um, I haven't decided yet. I'm still exploring.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. I like that
1: yeah it's interesting when you so when you said um I was trying to figure out when you said d
0: e i that is that diversity equity, and inclusion is yes. that that what that stands for okay exactly, yeah. um I mean, I just find it interesting that with this movement um we've sort of like the whole time we've talked today we've talked about labeling and identities mm-hmm. so I, I kind of feel like it's ironic that this okay, whole movement yeah has produced this, you know, I need to identify myself with a mental illness. I need to identify myself, you know, with a certain sexual preference or gender identity, all at such a young age. Like these are like weighty subjects that most adults can't even get their head around. And we're asking elementary school students to grapple with this right
1: yeah and we also have to realize that in the classrooms the teachers aren't given the tools to really talk about these things too much so they're bringing in great concepts but yet perhaps not in the right way or not allowing the right discussions to happen um so it's i don't know what the answer is right now we're figuring that out because it used to be that none of this was talked about and now we're on the other end so where is the happy medium where We can talk about acceptance and inclusion without the labels, without excluding people that don't have the right labels on both sides, right? There's hate from both sides and not even both political sides, just whatever side you're talking about, you know, there's the extremes and we just need to say, hey, these are, these are kids, we can accept them no matter what the labels are, we don't need to label them, let's just come together and see each other as humans that are complicated with all sorts of different parts to us. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: totally agree with that. Yeah, um, and then you also mentioned something about like triggers for kids and avoidance. So, what do you? What's your? What are your thoughts on those topics?
1: Yeah, that kind of goes back to the idea of parenting to the diagnosis and so if we like a lot of times when somebody has anxiety, for instance, we want them to avoid anything that is triggering of that anxiety we have trigger warnings on everything and. um, One of the things our kids need to learn is number one it's okay to be uncomfortable we don't want them to have panic attacks, but we want them to know that's an uncomfortable thing we're gonna talk about. You're gonna get these big feelings, these uncomfortable feelings, but you're strong enough to get through that. So we don't have to protect them from everything because for anxiety, if you avoid the thing you're anxious about, guess what, it grows. It gets more and more anxiety around that thing. That's why there's exposure therapy, right? If you're afraid of spiders, which I'm deathly afraid of spiders <laughs> that, you know, You don't say, okay, we're going to make sure you never see a spider again. We're going to make sure that I can deal with those uncomfortable feelings when I see that spider looking at me.
2: I can totally relate to this because I have anxiety, which I didn't realize until like, you know, like a few years ago, but that's (laughs) what it is. Um, But growing up, I noticed because we moved a lot growing up and I was super like, you know, I'd be shy and then like anxious and whatever. But I know that once you get through that, it was easier the next time. And so I think I like grew up just kind of like, oh, like this is uncomfortable. It's really, I don't like it, but I'm going to do it because I know next time it'll be easier. And now I have a kid who's my clone and she's struggling (laughs) with the same thing. And I, I tell her that all the time. I'm like, listen, I know, but like, I don't like doing this, but every time I do it, the next time I do it, it's easier and it's actually very fun, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's easier for me to do it myself than to try to convince somebody else of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do, I totally agree with that. Just like, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable and
0: yeah, whatever, but oh it's just the way your mind works too. Like I found, you know, like if you embrace the anxiety, mm-hmm. like you lean into it, Mm -hmm. it goes away Mm -hmm. like you have to like let it take over you and then you're not because I think the panic attacks end up happening when you keep trying to reject it like reject the anxiety yeah and so your mind you just have to sort of like go for it go toward it and then it goes away use it for good yeah (laughs) it's a superpower (laughs) it's like uh yeah
2: oh this is a crippling me
0: (laughs) right right right. yeah well we talked I mean the last time we had that conversation we had a conversation with Kelly's husband who was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. And we talked about how like that, like that, I mean, I hate that they call it a disorder because it can be a superpower. You oh know? yeah. These things, yeah. I mean, you can use it to benefit you for sure. Exactly. And just the way anxiety, you know, that comes from like a survival instinct, right? I mean, that's like, it's actually a positive, mm-hmm. you know, we'd run away from a lion back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> we go away from it, so. <laughs> Yeah. All interesting stuff. Well, this has been very helpful as usual. You're always helpful. So tell us, remind us for, um, for the first time viewers, how to find you.
1: The easiest way is to go to my website, which is teen-wise.com. And um, they can find all the information about coaching and the friendship circle and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're regularly posting on there with topics that are like super, you know, relevant to all of us of teen, you know, teen kids. So all of our parents and teen yeah. kids.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Lots of, lots of things to talk about when it comes to kids, right. we talking about mental health, girl drama, whatever. There's just an endless number of topics we can always, talk about. Always <laughs> yeah, That's why we keep having you back. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is I Know a Thing, a podcast by ordinary moms exploring what we find curious.